Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. Evening Times Sport, January 18. Postikoglu confirms Lee Griffith's departure from Celtic. Report by Aidan Smith. Anja Postikoglu has confirmed that Lee Griffiths will leave Celtic after his contract was terminated early. The striker will remain at Dundee on loan until the end of the transfer window, but will then be allowed to leave Parkhead with his one-year contract set to be ripped up. The 31-year-old faces an uncertain future after Celtic informed him of their decision last week. But Hoops boss Postecoglou was quick to hail the one-time Scotland international for his impact during his time at the club. Postecoglou told Sky Sports News, I think that's come to an end, yes. Lee is now looking for the next chapter of his career. An outstanding football career at Celtic. All of us, we kind of pass through clubs but you want to leave a mark there when you do. Lee has certainly done that. I think he can look back on his Celtic career with great pride. And he goes on to the next chapter of his football career. We wish him all the best. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport, January 18. Sean Maloney addresses Kevin Nisbet's howler against Celtic. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Sean Maloney today backed Kevin Nisbet to bounce back from his shocking miss against Celtic when Hibs played Cove Rangers in the Scottish Cup on Thursday night. Scotland striker Nisbet had a chance to put his side in front in the third minute of the Singe Premiership match against Celtic at Parkhead last night. The 24-year-old just had to stroke the ball into an empty net from a few yards out to put the visitors in front, but he hit the post. Angie Postecoglou's team went in front just a minute later and ended up winning the first game after the winter break 2-0. Maloney, the former Celtic winger who took over in Leith last month, felt the game could have turned out differently if his forward had netted. But he is confident that Nisbet will be unaffected by his howler and can fire Hibbs into the fifth round of the Scottish Cup at Easter Road on Thursday evening. He said, that was a big moment. Sometimes in these games, those are the fine margins which have an impact. But I can't say too much about Kevin because he's been excellent since I've been here. He was probably the difference for us against Dundee United. 
In those moments, sometimes strikers take them and sometimes they don't. I am pretty sure in the next game against Cove, he'll be in exactly the same position and he has the quality to take it. Maloney was pleased with how Hibbs performed against Celtic defensively and in midfield, but he thinks his team must do better up front in future. He said, I can take a lot of positives from the game. For one thing, the mentality was good to go 2 nothing down and still try and play like we did. I actually thought some of our play in the first two thirds was pretty good. Moving forward, we have to try and use that to create more chances. It was just that final bit where we had to be more aggressive to take the one versus ones. That was maybe the difference. It wasn't about bravery because it's hard to play under that pressure. We're at Celtic Park against a team that's been on really good form before the break. I just think that when we get to the final third, we're more aggressive, but I can't ask the boys to be more brave. There were lots of really good things from us up until the final part. No team has done that to Celtic domestically. We just need to create more chances and score goals, but it's only the third game. I can't be unhappy with the players. Considering we were down 2-0 early in the game, I can't be anything but really proud of them. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Times Sport, January 18 Nicholas labels Riley McGree as greedy after turning down Celtic. Report by Adam Robertson Charlie Nicholas has called out former Celtic target Riley McGree as greedy after the midfielder turned down a move to Ange Postecoglou's side. The Australian was close to joining the Parkhead side but instead signed for Middlesbrough. The 23-year-old already has a relationship with the Celtic manager who handed him his first Australia call-up. Speaking to the Daily Express, Nicholas said, A lot of people are asking why Riley McGree would pick a Middlesbrough over Celtic. It looks like the player got greedy. Money is simply more important to him at this stage in his career. The bottom line is that Celtic could have signed McGree and at 12 or 18 months down the line, he could well have been agitating for another move. Celtic would not have found out the lad's character had they not been involved in this transfer saga, so maybe it has worked out in their favour. Ange Postecoglou has won over the Celtic players, and the last thing he needs is to have a player causing friction behind the scenes. People are buying into what the manager is doing. He has already won the first piece of silverware up for grabs and this Celtic squad is only going to get stronger. I liked the way Postecoglou dealt with the McGree transfer setback. He came out and made it clear that he is only interested in dealing with players who want to be at Parkhead. It was a thinly veiled dig at his young compatriot. It wasn't quite on the scale of the infamous Morris Johnson transfer 
but there was certainly a bit of intrigue about it. Postecoglou said he had spoken to McGree himself, and it looked like he had got assurances from the lad that he was coming. The only question I was asking was why Postecoglou felt he needed another midfielder. David Turnbull will be back from injury soon, and they already have a bit of options in that area. Postecoglou said last week that he has nothing else in the pipeline, but I think he will do more business before the transfer window closes, especially if he offloads some fringe players. Report by Adam Robertson Evening Times Sport, January 18 Nick Roger says, Golf continues to explore its moral maze as new era dawns. These are farcical times. In fact, things are so farcical, everyday life on these aisles should be accompanied by the yakety sax music from the Benny Hill Show and piped in through industrial-sized speakers strategically positioned at various points throughout the land. Lies, deceit, rule-breaking, scandal, corruption, incompetence. And that was just the feedback I got from HMRC after submitting my self-assessment tax return. I generally thought that BYOB was my code for the financial year. So before Sue Gray gets lumbered with investigating these opening few paragraphs, let's crack on. At last, the rebranded European Tour, now known as the DP World Tour, will get going this week in Abu Dhabi after enduring the kind of calamitous inauguration that was a bigger letdown than the launch of the inflatable dartboard. The surge of the Omicron variant, of course, plunged a mighty spanner into the works. The first event of the 2022 campaign, the Joburg Open back in November, descended into chaos with a raft of players, mainly from GB and I, withdrawing after round one and racing to the airport as South Africa was suddenly flung onto the red list. The tournament itself was reduced to 36 holes due to bad weather, while the next two scheduled events were scrapped and the whole DP World Bonanza went as flat as an unfinished bottle of Prosecco at number 10. At the very top level, which features virtually non-stop wraparound schedules and gaps of about 30 minutes between one season finishing and another starting. A break of some seven weeks on the tour feels like an eternity. Footage of Thursday's opening round at Yas Links will probably begin with a covering of Stuart being wiped off the camera lens. Finally though, the tour's new era will really swing into life as a star-studded field headlined by the likes of Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland assembles in the desert. Even the redoubtable Colin Montgomery at a sprightly 58 is making a guest appearance 
to mark his 35th year as a tour member. This will be the first of four Middle East events over the next month or so. Well, there's five actually, but February's Saudi International, once part of the old European tour, is now the flagship of the rival Asian tour. It continues to grab both major headlines and major players. There had been talk of both the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour officials effectively banning their players from competing in the Saudi showpiece as tensions mounted in golf's well-documented arms race. That hasn't materialised however and a glittering array of global campaigners are heading to Jeddah to pick up the kind of hefty appearance fee that would capsize a galleon. Over the last few days, the spotlight has again been beamed down on Saudi's sporting portfolio and brand building. It was revealed that Scotland's tennis knight of the realm, Andy Murray, has turned down a six-figure fee to play an exhibition match due to his concerns over the kingdom's grisly human rights violations. Prior to that news emerging, all-round golfing good guy Shane Lowry was explaining his decision to compete in the Saudi International. I'm not a politician, I'm a professional golfer, said the 2019 Open champion. While Murray's actions were lauded, Lowry was criticised for trotting out a trite response and taking refuge in the old falsehood that sport and politics don't mix. He's not the first, and certainly won't be the last, to fall foul of that. In addition, Lowry stated that, I earn a living for myself and my family, and try and take care of those, and this playing in Saudi is just a part of that. Lowry may already be a multi-millionaire, but why stop there? Golf is his business, and the cold, harsh reality of business means that money tends to trump ethical concerns. At least the Irishman was honest enough to admit that he is essentially going for the cash. Golf bodies and individual golfers may justify their arrival in Saudi Arabia on the grounds that they are there as agents of change and as the popular platitude goes, to grow the game. That may be true to an extent, but by and large, it's about money changing hands, not changing the world. When the last putt drops on the shores of the Red Sea next month, the circus will swiftly move on, and a number of rich players will leave a fair bit richer. Meanwhile, the money no object process of repackaging Saudi Arabia as a normal country where normal things like sport takes place will go on. The public beheadings and brutal repressions will go on as normal too. Golf and all the other sports lured by these untold riches continue to ex explore this complex moral maze. And another thing. A press release dropped in yesterday 
And you'll all be delighted to know that the 2023 Wider Ryder Cup now has an official cruise line partner. Or you probably couldn't give a poop deck, to be honest. The transatlantic tussle has always had a rich nautical history, of course. In the days before the combined fleet of Team Europe, for instance, GB&I's regular trouncings left the contest as top-sided as a drunken sailor on a sinking ship. Report by Nick Roger. Evening Times Sport, January 18. Rangers without six first-team stars tonight at Aberdeen. Report by Aidan Smith. Joe Aribo will miss Rangers' trip to Pataudry as he is on international duty at the Africa Cup of Nations. But Cedric Itten is available after returning from his loan spell with Bundesliga club Greuther Fuerth as the Ibrox side face Aberdeen. Scott Arfield and Stephen Davis are out with Knox while Kamar Roof and Ryan Jack will both start training this week after recovering from their respective injuries. Philip Helander started training following a knee injury, but the game will be too early for him, and Namdi Offerboer, with heart tissue issues, is still sidelined. Meanwhile, Aberdeen have Scott Brown, Matty Kennedy and Dylan McGough back from illness and injury for the visit of the Singe Premiership champions. Marley Watkins faces several weeks out with a foot injury, while long-term absenteeers Mikey Devlin and Andy Considine remain on the sidelines. American midfielder Dante Polvara is not ready to feature following his January signing. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport January 19 Van Bronckhorst details Ryan Kent red card Report by Chris Jack Giovanni Van Bronckhorst reckons a VAR official was needed to get to the bottom of the controversy at Pitaudry. The Dutchman saw Rangers drop points in the Premiership for the first time under his guidance as they were held by Aberdeen. A second-half penalty from Lewis Ferguson cancelled out Yanis Haggy's opener and saw Celtic cut the gap to just four points in the title race. The Dons were aggrieved that referee Kevin Clancy did not award a spot kick for an Alan McGregor challenge on Ryan Hedges. And Rangers were hard done by late on as Ryan Kent picked up two soft bookings and was sent off. Van Bronckhurst said, Of course, if you don't have VAR, the decision that is made by the referee is the decision that counts. If you have VAR and you get every angle, like with the long ball with Alan in the first half, maybe it is different. I don't know. We saw with the penalty the wind. It is windy here. We saw the ball moving. And maybe with VAR, it has to be taken over again. That is why it is. We have to accept the decisions by the referee and move on. 
It is a physical game with a lot of tackles, a lot of duels. You know there are going to be yellow cards on both sides. I don't know, it is a decision by the referee. He got booked a little bit before, so there is every chance when you make a foul, the fans were going to scream. It is normal in a place like this. With ten men, I think we did well and worked hard to get the point. Rangers were sluggish throughout a competitive Premiership affair as they failed to fire in the final third. The Dons were worth their point in the end and Van Bronckhorst had no qualms about the final result. He continued, As we said before, it was a really tough game. We had very tough first minutes which we knew would come. We scored, I think, at the right moment because the whole stadium wanted a penalty or maybe a free kick. At that moment we scored the goal, so I was happy with the first goal. After that, we knew they were going to push. We tried to defend really well. I think we did better in the first phase of the second half, where we had a little bit of control of the game, in that we didn't give any chances away. But I think we could have been better on the ball, especially when we were a goal up. If we had the control we normally have, which is very difficult in a place like this, I think we could have created a few more chances in the second half. But of course, we knew they were going to push. I thought Aberdeen played physical, but were also good on the ball. Then we got the penalty against us to make it 1-1. Of course, with 10 men, we knew it would be hard. So in the end, especially with 10 men, we're happy with the 1-1 because a point is a point. Rangers will now turn their attentions to the Scottish Cup as they prepare to host Stirling Albion on Friday night and the champions will be expected to raise their levels in front of goal after a lacklustre showing on their Premiership return. Van Bronckhurst added, Sometimes you have games like this it is not like every place we go we dominate and create chances and be the dominant side. We knew it was going to be hard here. Of course we wanted to be better, especially on the ball. Today we weren't, so we go back to Glasgow with a point and we work to the cup game on Friday. Report by Chris Jack Evening Time Sport, January 19th Celtic dealt blow as Australia boss confirms Rogic will be called up. Report by Ian Collin. Tom Rogic is set to miss next month's Old Firm showdown after Australia boss Graeme Arnold confirmed he will pick the Celtic star for World Cup duty. And the Socceroos boss also looks likely to deal massive blows to both Hearts and Hibs for the forthcoming Edinburgh Derby, with Cammy Devlin poised to join Martin Boyle in being called up. Australia face crucial World Cup qualifiers against Vietnam on January 27 and Oman on February 1, 
as they battle for a place at the Qatar finals. The games coincide with a busy Premiership schedule, with Celtic travelling to face Hearts on January 26, before hosting Dundee United three days later, ahead of the crunch clash with Rangers on February 2. Hibs take on Motherwell and Livingston before the capital encounter on February 1 with Hearts, who also meet Motherwell as top-flight teams face three games in the space of a week because of the backlog caused by the earlier winter break. Rodic and Boyle are key performers at club level, but Arnold insists they are vital to their country as well and has indicated he will call them up when he names his squad on Thursday. He said it's not easy always for a national team coach, especially through this time when it's not a FIFA window in Europe. It's a FIFA ruling. It's an emergency window they put in for the Asian nations, Conmebol and the African Nations Cup to get finished. I need my best players, and my best players include Tommy Rogic and Martin Boyle. I have still got to do the final selection of the squad, and that will come on Thursday. But these are two World Cup qualifiers. They are two important games, and I need my best players. Rogic and Boyle have starred for Arnold when fit, but Devlin is set to win his first senior call-up after impressing for Hearts since joining, after playing for his country under Arnold at the Olympics last summer. Arnold told Go Radio, Cammy's on the extended list. The kid is doing exceptionally well. I'll finalise the squad on Thursday. Report by Ian Collin. Evening Time Sport, January 19. Celtic keeper Connor Hazard completes loan move to HJK Helsinki. Report by David Irvin. Celtic goalkeeper Connor Hazard has completed a loan move to HJK Helsinki. The 23-year-old stopper joins the Finnish champions for a year-long stint. Hazard made his Celtic debut in a 2020 Europa League match against Lille, going on to make seven appearances and keep four clean sheets. The stopper was a key player in Celtic's 2019-20 Scottish Cup final triumph over Hearts, as he stepped up to save two penalties in the shootout at Hamden. However, Hazard has had limited game time this season, with Joe Hart nailing down the starting spot in goal. And Celtic boss Angie Postecoglou is hopeful a lone move will help develop Hazard. He said, We are sure this move will be good for Connor. It will be an important opportunity for game time and I know he will embrace this next period. In HJK Helsinki, we believe it will be a great environment for him. I know HJK and Celtic have enjoyed good cooperation before, and I think the loan period will be very positive for everyone concerned, 
We all wish Connor the very best. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, January 19. Aberdeen boss Stephen Glass addresses Lewis Ferguson transfer link. Report by Chris Jack. Stephen Glass has dismissed the possibility of Lewis Ferguson leaving for Serie A after he was linked with a move to Cagliari. The Scotland international earned Aberdeen a point against Rangers as he slotted home from the spot to cancel out a Yanis Hagi opener. Reports earlier in the day touted Ferguson for a loan switch to the continent with a potential £3.5 million fee at the end of the campaign. Glass said, if you're referring to the Italian one, no, that might be the craziest thing I've ever seen. Zero. We'll take one of your best players and give you nothing. Maybe get something if we stay up. Everyone would be at it if that worked. Nothing at all has come in for him. But on performances like that, people would love Lewis Ferguson in their team. We do. It would be brilliant if we could keep the group together. We are in control of all of it. Some have a few months left. Some have a few years. We are in control of every situation. It might get difficult if silly money is involved. The club decides what they accept. We are continuing trying to get stronger. My first experience as a manager in the January window I can see why people say it's difficult. You don't know what might go out of the door, but we're ready for every eventuality. Aberdeen were worthy of their point at Petaudry, as they held Rangers for the second time this term to dent their title challenge once again. The Dons were bemused that referee Kevin Clancy failed to award a spot kick when Ryan Hedges collided with Alan McGregor. I don't even look for one anymore, Glass said when asked if he received an explanation from the whistler. The linesman said there wasn't enough contact for a penalty, and the ref said there was no contact. I think we got what we deserved with the penalty in the second half. I didn't feel we were under a hell of a lot of pressure. I think it was coming. We came out really on the front foot in the second half, so it was a matter of time. I had real belief, and they showed real belief, that they would come back and win it. Report by Chris Jack Evening Time Sport, January 19 Jamie McGrath St Mirren Absence Explained Report by David Irvin Jim Goodwin has revealed Jamie McGrath missed St Mirren's win over Dundee United due to transfer speculation affecting the key player. The Buddies attacking midfielder has been linked with a move to the English Championship with his contract due to expire in the summer. Aberdeen boss Stephen Glass has been keen on a move before McGrath turned his back on a switch to Petaudry. And Goodwin admitted McGrath was not selected after the Ireland International told him 
that he didn't believe his head was in the right place to compete as the Scottish Premiership returned. The St Mirren boss went on to insist that the matter needs to be resolved post-haste, as he conceded that McGrath could move on if he continues to be distracted by transfer discussions. Quizzed on McGrath's absence from the 2-0 victory at Tannadice, Goodwin explained, There's been a lot of speculation. We're not shying away from anything. Jamie did not feel that his head was in the right place for the game tonight. If Jamie McGrath is available, then Jamie plays. It's as simple as that. But it's not about any individual. I need boys who are 100% committed to the St Mirren cause. The St Mirren boss, who shook off a run of 11 matches without a win, continued. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they are the most experienced players, the youngest player, the best player. It doesn't matter. It's about the team and Jamie wasn't in a good place. There's a lot of speculation and it's been messing with his head. We will need to get it resolved as soon as possible. Evening Times Sport, January 20th. Barcelona legend sends Celtic star Furuhashi personal birthday message. Report by Adam Robertson. Barcelona legend Andres Iniesta has wished Celtic star Kyogo Furuhashi a happy birthday on his Instagram story. The pair arrived at Vissel Kobe in the summer of 2018 and played together for four seasons before the Japanese forward made the move to Parkhead. Iniesta remains the captain of the J-League side whose season begins next month. In August, Iniesta told the Times, Kyogo is an excellent footballer. He is so hard-working. He is very fast and scores goals. He has many very good qualities for European football. Since arriving in Glasgow, the 27-year-old has scored 16 goals in 26 appearances, including a brace in last month's League Cup final. The Spaniard added, I am glad he started so well in Glasgow because he was really looking forward to playing in Europe. Celtic is an historic club in world football and ideal for Kyogo. The forward was not included in Celtic's squad against Hibs on Monday as he continues to recover an injury he suffered against St Johnson in the final game before the winter break. Meanwhile, Celtic are set to announce their 5th January signing. MK Don's midfielder Matt O'Reilly has passed a medical at the Parkhead Club ahead of a move to Glasgow. Celtic have triggered the 21-year-old's £1.5 million release clause and it is believed that some add-ons are included in the deal. This comes after Ange Postecoglou said last week he was not planning on bringing any more players to Parkhead this window. Report by Adam Robertson Evening Time Sport, January 20 Lewis Ferguson opens up on Aberdeen future and addresses Rangers penalty controversy. 
Report by Chris Jack Lewis Ferguson did not dare to dream of La Dolce Vita when he saw his name linked with a Serie A switch, and the midfielder insists he is only thinking of a sweet life with Aberdeen after helping the Dons earn a point against Rangers. Boss Stephen Glass dismissed reports linking Ferguson with a move to Cagliari as the craziest thing I've ever seen in the aftermath of the Pitodri stalemate. Speculation that Cagliari could strike a loan deal with a £3.5 million option to buy at the end of the campaign always seemed far-fetched. Ferguson paid no attention to the transfer talk as he notched up a notable Don's record on the night that Glass's side earned a deserved share of his spoils. Ferguson said, I don't speak any other languages to be honest. I have seen it the way you guys have seen it. I haven't had too much time to think about it. I saw it late on Monday night and I have had the game to focus on, so I can't really comment on it. I haven't had much time to think about it because of the game. It is nice to reach 150 games for Aberdeen. I didn't know that until a couple of days ago. Somebody sent me a message and it is a good feeling. I think I have also scored 30 goals. It is a decent return for 150 games, which I am quite pleased about. Long may that continue. I am an Aberdeen player just now and I will be focused on playing for Aberdeen for the foreseeable unless something happens. I don't know anything about that. Rangers were on course for another league victory when Yanis Hagi gave the champions a first half lead. Ferguson would deny them and set up a frantic finish with a cool penalty after his header was blocked by the arm of Alfredo Morelos. And the 22 year old was relieved he didn't have to retake his effort after the ball was blown off the spot by the strong northeast breeze. Ferguson said, As I was running up to hit it, the ball has the ball has rolled. I am not sure if it was off the spot or not, but I just went with it. It put me off a wee bit, but I went and put my foot through it. Thankfully it hit the net, although it caused a wee bit of a scare. I thought if I miss, I might get it again, but if I score, then I will take it. I just concentrated on getting good contact on the ball, and I was thankful it hit the net. The Pataudry point was the second time that Aberdeen have denied Rangers this term, after their hard-earned draw at Ibrox earlier in the campaign. Evening Time Sport, January 20 Former Rangers Pro teaches Glasgow children football for free. Report by Esther Tamal. An experienced footballer Jewel is training kids for free in the city's south side. Former Rangers youth player Christian Cristiano Kazuka and Camelon Juniors midfielder Arno Casa run weekly practices with the intent to make sports more accessible. Their sessions 
held at Tory Glen Regional Football Centre, are well known in the community as a fun option to get children moving. Since 2019, the pair has welcomed dozens of little athletes. Saturday mornings from 9am to 10am are now reserved for practice in many local families' planners. Kazuka, who was a striker before he turned to coaching, said, I thought, why not help kids, give them something to enjoy during lockdown when they were trapped in their houses? Most people couldn't handle the fact that they were being locked in and having a child myself, I knew how that felt for parents to be stuck with kids in the house. With the experience I have being an ex-pro, I decided to train kids and now it's a passion of mine. I love doing it. What started out as a lockdown project has grown into a weekly activity attracting up to 40 children. Beyond getting them moving, the trainers hope to pass on their love of football to the youngsters. The 13-year-old from Shawlands added, How can you not love football? Even when I was a kid, I was kicking a ball, and from then my passion just grew. And luckily, I always had the skill and the talent as well. Football is number one. Co-coach and primary teacher Arno Casa said, In addition to that is the fact that football can unite people from so many different backgrounds, and it is something that's really helpful for mental and physical well-being for the children as well. It is also a way of engaging people and creating new relationships with the children and the parents, making the ties in the community that much stronger. I think that's really important. Inspired by their own childhoods and growing up in Scotland after moving here from Congo and the Czech Republic, they believe in the community building aspect of the sport. Football was a big part of their journeys as they found their place in a new country and made friends, including each other, along the way. Mr Kazuka added, Being in the position that we grew up here, not knowing anyone and the language being a big barrier, it was the only way to make friends. When we were growing up, it was tough, so helping these kids makes me happy, especially doing it from the heart. Mr. Casa added, We live in a world where we see a lot of racism and we want to make a positive change, have a conversation with the parents and the kids and make them understand that we are all human and we are more alike than different. We want to impact them on the football side but also on a human level. We want them to be decent human beings. Operating on a donation basis, the footballers use the money they receive from parents to buy equipment and pay for facilities. Making money isn't what this is about, they said. Thanks to a recent boost from the National Lottery Community Fund, they currently train at Tory Glen Regional Football Centre, which is a welcome upgrade. In the future, they plan to expand the programme by employing more coaches, 
starting a team and branching out into a national enterprise built on football skills and community. If you would like to reach out and get involved, email arnaultkasa at gmail.com or christianokisuka at hotmail.co.uk Report by Esther Tamai Evening Times Sport January 20 Ali McCoyce labels Scott Brown embarrassing Report by Aidan Smith Ali McCoyce has joked that Scott Brown's antics were embarrassing after Rangers slumped to a 1-1 draw against Aberdeen on Tuesday. The Dons skipper angered Rangers fans as he waved at Ryan Kent off the park when he was shown a red card after receiving a second yellow. The Ibrox winger was first booked for coming together with Johnny Hayes before being ordered off after Kevin Clancy adjudged him to have fouled Brown as he cleared the ball in the closing stages. A gleeful Brown then waved Kent away as he trudged off the park. Joking about the incident, McCoy told TalkSport, It was that obvious the two of them were doing the gay gardens, skipping off that park, the referee and Bruni. It was absolutely embarrassing. It really was. Ryan Kent got sent off for two bookings, and neither of them were bookings. There you are. McCoyce did admit that Aberdeen should have had a penalty though. He added, I have to stand corrected and tell you Aberdeen should have had a penalty. That's my analysis of the game. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport, January 20. Referee Kevin Clancy blasted for poor performance. Report by Aidan Smith. Kevin Clancy was poor and inconsistent during Tuesday night's Aberdeen against Rangers showdown, according to former referee Charlie Richmond. The whistler has come under fire after sending off Ibrox winger Ryan Kent and also for a penalty incident where Aberdeen felt they should have had a spot kick after Alan McGregor challenged Ryan Hedges. On the red card, Richmond told Football Scotland, Scott Brown has played for it and Kevin has bought it. Overall, I thought he tried to referee the occasion rather than the actual game. Aberdeen against Rangers is very volatile, but when you look at the individual incidents, there's a lot of things that he could have man-managed. I thought he was a little inconsistent and had a poor game. Aberdeen manager Stephen Glass was baffled as to why his side were not awarded a penalty seconds before Rangers scored in the eventful 1-1 draw at Pataudry. Goalkeeper McGregor caught Hedges after the Dons forward got to a long ball first, but Clancy waved play on and Rangers went straight up the park to score through Yanis Hagi in the 20th minute. The Dons eventually got a spot kick, 
through a clear handball from Alfredo Morelos, and Lewis Ferguson levelled in the 73rd minute, but they could not find a winner after Kent's red card. On the first half incident, Glass told Sky Sports, It's a penalty kick. I think anybody with a pair of eyes can see it's a penalty kick. It might be difficult for the ref with a distance he's from, but I don't know how the linesman doesn't see it. But you can't complain about it, or you end up in the stand. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport, January 20 Manchester United hopeful over Scott McTominay after back injury. Report by Aidan Smith Manchester United are hopeful Scott McTominay will be fit to face West Ham, despite suffering a back injury which left him struggling to breathe. The 25-year-old midfielder picked up the problem midway through the second half of Wednesday night's 3-1 win at Brentford. McTominay tried to play on, but eventually had to be substituted. However, boss Ralph Rangnick is confident the Scotland international will be available for Saturday's visit of one of United's challengers for a top four finish, said Rangnick. He got a knock on the back and couldn't breathe properly. I spoke to him in the locker room and he should be okay for Saturday. Evening Times Sport, January 21. Freddie Owsley set for Edinburgh debut against Brave. Report by David Barnes. Edinburgh have handed former international age group sprinter Freddie Owsley his debut on the left wing in tonight's European Challenge Cup pool clash against Brave at the DAM Health Stadium. The 25-year-old who represented Great Britain under 20 in the 200 metres, 400 metres, 4 by 100 metres and 4 by 400 metres, and who was crowned national 400 metres under 20 champion before earning a place in the British indoor and outdoor senior 200 metre finals, signed for the Capital Club from the Bristol Bears Academy setup last summer. While his game time this season has been limited to a couple of appearances for the Southern Knights Super 6 team, Edinburgh assistant coach Callum McRae explained that Owsley has impressed with his application and attitude at training since arriving at the club. Said McRae, the thing with Freddie is that we've seen big potential. That's why we recruited him to the club. It has taken a bit of time and he has had to be patient for his opportunity, but he's done really well in training the last couple of weeks. To be fair to him, he's been really positive in those time frames when he's had to be patient and this is just a really good opportunity for him to now test himself at the next level, having worked so hard for it. He is extremely quick. I guess it is a different speed to what we get from Darcy Graham, which is that quick change of direction in close spaces. With Freddie being that track athlete, 
when he gets into open space, you can see that other gear like we used to expect from Duan van der Merwe previously. And the good thing about Freddy is because of that 400 metres background, he's also got a bit of endurance. He's got repeatability. The concern with former athletes turning to rugby is that while they can be dangerous with ball in hand, their reading of the game and defensive solidity can often leave a lot to be desired. However, McRae insisted that he has no major concerns on that front with Owsley. He said, He came from Bristol, where they've got a slightly different system to us. There are certain system principles we've been working hard with him on. But in all fairness, he's not just from an athletics background. He's clearly played a fair bit of rugby. I remember watching some footage of him playing sevens when we were having a look at him and he's got a great touch on his left foot in order to give himself an opportunity. So there's more rugby in him than people will perhaps give him credit for just because he comes from a different sporting background. There is 11 personnel and two positional changes in total to this Edinburgh starting 15 compared to the side which ran out for the narrow defeat away to London Irish last weekend. Five Scotland internationals returned to the squad with Graham, Mark Bennett, Dave Cherry and Hamish Watson all starting while Stuart McInally is on the bench. It is also a big occasion for New Zealand-born tighthead prop Angus Williams, who is on a partnership contract with Watsonians and making only his second start for the club. Said McRae, I class Angus as a Tom Smith type who's a quiet guy who just goes about his business under the radar but is very diligent in how he applies himself. It is really important to have Scottish qualified players coming through in the front row. We have seen the work at Angus and Harrison Courtney, another Watsonian Super 6 front rower who has been named on the bench, have completed and we're really excited to see how these guys challenge themselves against the likes of Pietro Ketiarali, the former Edinburgh prop. Breve have got a strong set-piece game and a really good defensive line-out, so for guys coming in, it will be a really stern test, but one they're looking forward to. Meanwhile, second row Glenn Young is making his first start for the club after three and a half months sidelined with a pectoral injury following his move north from Harlequins during the summer. Edinburgh know that they need a win tonight to keep themselves in the hunt for a top three finish in their Challenge Cup pool. Their final match is at home to Pau on the weekend of 8th to the 10th of April. Report by David Barnes Evening Time Sport, January 21 Aldrej Kudela's appeal against Ban for racially abusing Glenn Kamara is delayed, 
Report by James Kearney. Aldridge Kudela's appeal hearing at the Court of Arbitration for Sport against a 10-match racism ban imposed by UEFA has been delayed until April. The Slavia Prague player was initially banned by UEFA on April 14 last year after its control, ethics and disciplinary body, the CEDB, found him guilty of racially abusing Rangers midfielder Glenn Kamara during the Europa League match between the sides at Ibrox on March 18. His first appeal to the UEFA appeals body was rejected, meaning the suspension stood. It covered the Czech Republic's first three matches at Euro 2020 last summer. He took the fight to clear his name to Cass, and the case had initially been slated for Friday. However, the court confirmed yesterday that with the agreement of all parties and the panel, the hearing had been delayed until April 11 in the hope that by then it could safely be held in person. Kudela's lawyer, Rene Cianciala, told the Daily Record that Kamara was one of several witnesses being called in and that he wanted to cross-examine the Finland international. Cien Kala told the newspaper, My client will exercise his right to a fair trial at CAS, in which he wants to clear his name of accusations of racism, which are, according to him, completely unfounded. Report by James Kearney Evening Time Sport January 21. Kyle Stain's New Deal at Warriors. Report by Stuart Bathgate. Kyle Stain has revealed that his love of the Glaswegian sense of humour is a major reason why he feels so settled in the city that he decided to sign a new long-term deal with Glasgow Warriors. The 27-year-old's new contract called only a multi-year extension to his stay in a team press release but understood to be for three years, was announced yesterday. Born in Johannesburg, Stain signed for Glasgow in early 2019 and made his Scotland debut the following March. He was then sidelined for more than a year as a combination of a long-term hamstring injury and lockdown, but has since re-established himself as a key member of Danny Wilson's team. He also returned to the Scotland squad last autumn, winning his second and third caps against Tonga and Australia, and was named on Wednesday in Gregor Townsend's squad for the Six Nations Championship. He qualifies to play for his adoptive country as his mother is from Glasgow, but despite that family background, he admitted to being taken aback at first by the robust nature of casual conversation here. Everybody in Glasgow is down to earth, Stain said yesterday after his new deal was announced. I love the sense of humour. Nobody takes themselves too seriously. You can meet anyone in a coffee shop and chat to them. 
They'll rip the piss out of you, and vice versa, pretty early on. There's no shots held back. That was one thing that probably took the longest to get used to, was how relentless it is over here. Back home, somebody would have taken the mickey out of you, then forgotten about it two days later. But here a week, two weeks later, they're still giving you the same old joke. It's just absolutely relentless. If you can't give it back, it's a sink or swim kind of situation. You've just got to take it for what it is and dish it right back and it just becomes good fun. Stain can give as good as he gets on the rugby field as well as in the coffee shops and given his physicality, his intelligent reading of the game and his ability to play it outside centre as well as on the wing, he could easily have attracted offers from elsewhere. However, he did not have to think too long before agreeing to prolong his stay at Scotston. He continued, It was an easy decision. I have loved my time at the club so far. Everyone at Warriors and in the Glasgow community have been really welcoming to me and Ali, my fiancé. Just mentally it's nice not to have to worry about this for a couple of years. The next time I do, searching for a club, I'll be an old bastard so it could be a bit trickier then. But yes, it is good. We're just so happy, my fiancé and I, in Glasgow. And it's just nice to be able to nail down and just crack on and really get stuck on it. Stain is expected to be named today in Glasgow's starting lineup for tomorrow night's Champions Cup pool game against La Rochelle, as is Ryan Wilson, who began on the bench in last week's calamitous collapse against Exeter. The Warriors are almost certain to qualify for the last 16 if they beat the French side at Scotston in their last Pool A game, but they know that to have a chance of doing that, they will have to play far more consistently than they did six days ago, when they led 17-14 with 30 minutes to go, but then fell apart and went down 52-17. It was a miserable afternoon for all the squad, but especially for Captain Wilson, who was celebrating becoming just the second player after Rob Hadley to make 200 appearances for the team. Now, however, the back row forward is adamant that the team can put that disheartening experience behind them and hold on to the top eight place they need to go through to the knockout stations of the competition. Wilson said, It's all to play for. We need to go out there and beat these boys at home, which we're fully capable of, especially with our fans back this week. Wilson, who had been out of action for COVID-related reasons, was not entirely happy to be named among the substitutes last week, but admitted there was a useful side to the experience. I've been on the bench before, obviously, but not for quite a while, and you do sort of forget what to do. I was much more relaxed, 
because you know you're not going straight into the heat of the battle, but I would have preferred to be starting. Report by Stuart Bathgate. Evening Times Sport, January 21. Ian McCall hails connection between Partick Thistle fans and Tunji Akinola. Report by James Kearney. Ian McCall has spoken regularly about the need to change the type of character in the home dressing room at Fir Hill, and the Partick Thistle manager reckons that Tunji Akinola fits his mould perfectly. The central defender joined Thistle on a one year after being released by West Ham United last summer, and a recommendation to McCall from Hammers boss David Moyes was enough to convince the Jags to make their move. The 23-year-old has caught the eye in the heart of the Championship club's defence this term, notably playing a crucial role as the Thistle defence set a club record for consecutive clean sheets earlier in the campaign, and those performances were rewarded with a contract extension last month. Akinola's displays have impressed McCall, but the Thistle boss says he has been just as impressed with the centre-half's conduct off the park, holding him up as an example of the shift in mentality in Glasgow's West End. McCall said, I said on our own media channel that when I arrived we didn't have that connection between the players and the fans. There was none, absolutely none. It was dead. There are a number of players now with that connection, and Tunji is one of them. He's been very, very good since he's arrived. David Moyes and Academy Chief Ricky Martin extolled about him as a player, but also the type of person he is, and they've been proved 100% right. I think he could play in the Premiership right now, but more importantly, he just wants to get better, and he's a really good type. Our fans adore him, which is great. Whenever McCall discusses Akinola, he does so with a sense of real affection for the defender. However, he accepts that a trip to the centre-half's flat to drop off some medicine while he was feeling poorly over the Christmas period may have been the product of an ulterior motive, with Akinola dithering over signing his new deal at the time. When asked about his delivery on Christmas Day, McCall replied with a roguish grin, Are you hinting there was a motive behind me dropping off paracetamol? It's quite obvious he comes from a big family. I've had some good chats with his dad Shola, and he's one of the boys that was really quite poorly for two or three days. I remember saying to him, has your mum been phoning you every five minutes? And he said, no, every two minutes. He comes from a tight-knit background. We had a big chat about when they arrived in London in the 70s, which I've got to say would not have been easy. They're a very tight-knit family. He's just a good individual. It's as simple as that. He never makes excuses. Usually my favourites 
are the ones that are absolute loonies like Andy Gagan, Ross Doherty, Michael Moffat, Scott Tiffany or Zach Rudden. It's really, really nice when someone at the top level of football really puts their name to somebody. We had him up for 10 days on trial last summer, but one of the things I've always wanted to change is the type of people we have here. That's what. I don't want to get too deep here, but he's very keen to grow as a person, as well as a footballer. I think that was one of the motives behind coming up, and it was certainly one of the motives behind him signing an extension. Plus, living in the west end of Glasgow isn't the worst place in the world to live. Report by James Kearney Evening Times Sport, January 21 Rangers Youngster in Cup Squad Report by Chris Jack Giovanni van Bronckhorst has called for the Scottish FA to change the selection rules for its cup competition to aid the next generation of talent. The Rangers boss has included playmaker Alex Lowry in his squad for the fixture with Stirling Albion as the champions kick off their silverware bid. Lowry was part of Stephen Gerrard's group for the pre-season clash with Patrick Thistle and has been an impressive performer for the B team this term. He could now get his chance to shine against the Beanos at Ibrooks, but he will have to fight off competition from several experienced stars that are aiming to catch Van Bronckhorst's eye. The SPFL have changed their rules to allow managers to name bigger matchday squads and make five substitutions during Premiership fixtures for the remainder of the campaign. And Van Bronckhorst is frustrated he won't have the same options available to him on a night where he is set to make several switches to his Ibrox squad. Hopefully, Van Bronckhorst said, when asked if any of his Ochenhaui kids could feature at Ibrox. Alex Lowry is in the squad. He's a big talent coming through the academy. I am always happy to use the youth academy if possible, and I think the Stirling Albion game is perfect. The only thing is that we only have three substitutes. I have a squad of 20 to pick, but only three substitutes. Maybe it would be good for the SFA to also change the subs for the cup. In the league, I know the situation we are in with COVID and many injuries, so we changed the setup for league games. I can sub five times in the league, but I can't sub five times in the cup. In the cup especially, I can use more players and maybe give more youth players a chance. So maybe it's good to look into the subs available for the cup games as well. Report by Chris Jack. Evening Times Sport, January 24. Joe Aribo now free for Celtic clash. Report by Ewan Payton. 
Rangers have been handed a huge boost ahead of the derby clash with Celtic on February 2. Joe Aribo will be back available for Van Bronckhorst soon, as Nigeria crashed out of the Africa Cup of Nations. The tournament high flyers were humbled by Tunisia in the last 16, as Yusuf Masakne bagged the only goal of the game. Nigeria chased the match for almost the entirety of the second half as they tried to recover in order to progress to the quarter-finals. Arevo has been away with the national side since the beginning of the month and it was expected that he would miss the old firm derby should Nigeria live up to their expectations. However, the midfielder will be on a plane home to Glasgow in the coming days after Nigeria's tournament exit, with Rangers now looking forward to getting him back involved in first-team matters as the title race heats up. Earlier, the Ibrox side received welcome news that Kamar Roof had been omitted from the Jamaica squad, meaning he will be free to play in the old firm game too. So this means that Rangers will only be without Alfredo Morelos through international commitments for the crunch match. Celtic will currently be without Tom Rogic and Dazen Meda because of international commitments, as well as Kyogo who was out injured. Rangers also have games versus Livingston and Ross County within the next week. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, January 24 Callum McGregor Injury Latest Report by Ewan Payton Celtic skipper Callum McGregor could be out with injury for between four to six weeks, it has been reported. The Hoops star suffered a nasty facial knock during Saturday evening's Scottish Cup victory over Aloha. Ange Postecoglou was forced to sub off his captain at the halfway mark as James McCarthy replaced the Scotland international. And the Daily Mail claimed that McGregor will undergo an operation for a fractured cheekbone this week. This could lead to him being out for well over a month. Georgios Giacomakis and Lille Abada grabbed the goals for the visitors while Connor Salmon was on target for the home side. Celtic are on the road again this Wednesday as they travel to play Hearts in the capital. They then host Dundee United at the weekend before a crunch derby match with Rangers next midweek. Motherwell and Aberdeen follow with Wraith Rovers and Bodo Glimt on the horizon in February. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, January 24 Celtic striker hits out at Aloha for dangerous play. Report by Matthew Lindsay Georgias Giacomakis has criticised Aloha for the dangerous play that crossed the line and resulted in three of his Celtic teammates suffering injuries in the Scottish Cup fourth round tie on Saturday night. But the Greek striker, who opened the scoring in his side's 2-1 victory, 
has expressed confidence the Parkhead club can cope if captain Callum McGregor is ruled out of the Singe Premiership match against Rangers on Wednesday week. McGregor left the field in the first half of the Aloha game after suffering a head knock that manager Angie Postecoglou later described as significant. And Lille Abada, a new signing Yosuke Idiguchi, also failed to last the 90 minutes. Giacomakis, who was making his first start since recovering from a long-term injury, admitted that he was unhappy about Aloha's physical approach to the fixture. He said, The game against Aloha was out of the limit. It was too dangerous, the duels, the markings. We had to get through it and take the win, and it was, if possible, stay away from harm. We didn't achieve that part. I can say that the opponent didn't have the quality that we do. It's normal, with all the respect. They had to try to run more than us and be more aggressive in the duels. Sometimes they crossed the line and the markings were a little bit more tough. We should take care of ourselves too. I don't want to speak about the referees. I will never speak about the referees. It's our job in the lines and in the end. We're really happy that we won and we're in the next round. I have to wish McGregor the best of luck for a speedy recovery. He's a leader for us. Maybe it's something serious. We'll miss him a lot. He's a key player for us and I hope he will return as soon as possible. But we have the depth in our team and our squad. Everyone can be in the first 11. That's very important at a club that has big goals. The 27-year-old, a £2.5 million signing from Dutch club VVV Venlo back in August, was pleased to score the second goal of his Celtic career and admitted he wants to establish himself as the Parkhead club's first choice striker in the second half of the campaign. He said, I'm very happy I got the goal. I am back after a long time. And the most important thing for me is I'm fit, I'm healthy, and I help my teammates and my team to get into the next round. Also, from now on, I start my season. I hope I can be healthy until the end. That was my goal since I started here. I tried to push a lot. I missed pre-season. I didn't have a pre-season. After that, I had surgery on my injured knee, but now I'm back. I'm fit, healthy, and I'm really happy for that. If I'm fit and healthy, I will be the one. I'm not happy about scoring twice in three starts. It could have been three starts, three goals, but I missed the penalty. It's something that's really in my mind. I try to move on and I hope from now on I will score in every single game and help my team. Celtic suffered a 2-1 defeat when they played against Hearts at Tynecastle in their opening Singe Premiership game back in July and Gia Kamakis is keen to help the Glasgow club avenge that loss on Wednesday night. He said, it's going to be a tough game 
against a strong squad. We will face them like any other team. We will play our game and stick with our plan. If we are as we have to be, then we won't be afraid of anything. This type of game is a big chance for us to show that we are a strong squad and we can beat anyone in this league. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport, January 24. Connor Goldson wanted by Championship Pair. Report by Ewan Payton. Rangers defender Connor Goldson is a target for two championship clubs, according to a report. Nottingham Forest and West Brom are interested in securing a pre-contract agreement for the Englishman. The 29-year-old has entered the final six months of his current deal at Ibrooks, meaning he is free to speak to other clubs. With negotiations stalling this campaign, it looks like Goldson will be headed for the Rangers' exit door in the coming months. And the Scottish Sun say that Forrest and West Bromwich Albion are vying for his services. The report also states that one other club is pushing hard for the centre-half. West Brom are currently fifth in the championship table, while Forrest are eighth as the pair eye a Premier League spot. Goldson has played 195 games for Rangers, scoring 17 goals, and was a key player in the team that won the title last season. While Goldson seems likely to leave, Rangers have already bolstered their defensive ranks with the pre-contract agreement in place for John Souter. They had a £300,000 bid to bring him in this month, rejected by Hearts at the weekend. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Time Sport, January 24. Aberdeen consider move for Celtic winger Mikey Johnson. Report by Ewan Payton. Celtic winger Mikey Johnson could be headed for a loan move to Aberdeen. It's said that the 22-year-old is on Stephen Glass's January shortlist as the Dons aim to bolster their attacking options. Aberdeen skipper Scott Brown is a big admirer of the tricky wide man and the daily records say that the veteran midfielder has offered a glowing reference for Johnson. Aberdeen want to add more pace into their final third and Johnson is viewed as a potential solution. However, the report states that Celtic boss Ange Postecoglou may be reluctant to sanction a departure as he contends with injury issues. Aberdeen are also keeping a keen eye on Ryan Broom of Peterborough, who is currently on loan at Plymouth. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Time Sport, January 24. Newcastle target January transfer for Livingston Defender. Report by Ewan Payton. Jack Fitzwater would be on his way to Newcastle before the end of January, according to a report. The Livingston defender could be set for a dream move to the Premier League. The Daily Mail report that Eddie Howe's side are targeting a swoop for the 24-year-old as they look to strengthen ahead of the second half of the season. 
The report also states that fellow relegation rivals Burnley and Watford are interested in the centre-back. Fitzwater has made 46 appearances for the Lions since joining in 2020, and 28 of them have come in this campaign so far, showing how important he is to David Martindale's men. Scouts from the EPL and Championship, who have watched the play in recent weeks, are said to have been impressed with what they've seen. But Livingston will not part with their key defender on the cheap, with the Mail saying they will seek to earn £1 million from the deal. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, January 24. McCall insists Rudden will give his all for Thistle. Report by James Kearney. Ian McCall is confident that Zach Rudden will continue to give his all for Party Thistle after the striker signed a pre-contract with Dundee. The Scotland Under-21 International will complete a move to Dens Park in the summer on a three-year deal, but Time Sport understands that the Premiership Club are keen on pushing through a move that will bring Rudden Tayside before the end of the month. A statement from the Jags read, the club reiterates that Zach is an important member of our first team squad and will remain so until the end of the season unless a satisfactory offer is made during the January transfer window. Speaking four hours before Rudden's pre-contract was announced, McCall said, the lad has been terrific and I would expect no difference. He's that type of boy who's on, on the pitch. His attitude has been spot on. And if he were to leave, whoever gets him is getting a player with a big, big potential. Report by James Kearney. Evening Times Sport, January 24. Jason Cummings opens up on his move to Australia. Report by Anthony Brown. Jason Cummings is relishing his chance to impress in Australia after joining Central Coast Mariners on an 18-month deal following his departure from Dundee. The 26-year-old former Hibs striker moved to Dens Park last January and scored 14 goals in 36 appearances. However, he fell foul of manager James McPake after a disciplinary issue in mid-December, which resulted in him being sent home from training, and he has not played since. Edinburgh-born Cummings, who has made two appearances in friendlies for Scotland, is eligible to play for Australia through his Perth-born mother. I am really excited to further develop my football here in Australia, he told the Mariners website. I have only been here a couple of hours and really looking forward to getting straight into training with my new teammates. I am not taking this opportunity lightly and want to reward the Central Coast Mariners. Being an Australian citizen, I knew it was only a matter of time until I came out here and I am ready to make an instant impact and show people what I can do. 
Cummings burst onto the scene with Hibbs, where he scored 71 goals and helped them win the Scottish Cup in 2016. However, he has struggled to find consistency since leaving Easter Road to join Nottingham Forest in 2017. Mariners head coach Nick Montgomery believes he can reignite the spark in Cummings. He said, As always, we did our due diligence and spoke to numerous people who know Jason personally, and the feedback was that he is a very talented player who has not reached his undoubted potential. But a fresh start here is the right environment, and that can be the making of him. We fought off interest from numerous clubs vying for his services, and after speaking with Jason many times via Zoom and on the phone, I am in no doubt he will be a massive asset to the club. At 26, he is a great age coming into his prime, and his goal-scoring record speaks for itself. Report by Anthony Brown And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.